You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. And welcome to today's show. And boy, do we have a great show. I am so glad that you're tuning in to listen to our interview today with Matthew Hansen. He is founder and president of Centennial. And it's a great company. You know, he's a speaker for best practices for controlling healthcare costs. He speaks in partnership with many firms and groups. We're just going to be picking his brain a little bit about growth. One of the other reasons that his firm caught my eye is their inclusion in the exclusive Inc. 5000 list earlier, well, actually last year, but just recently. And that's something to be very proud of. So we're going to be talking with Matthew about a range of topics here on the radio show. But before we get into that, I need to thank and want to thank my advertisers, Center Club, Decision Toolbox, MBN Design, SunUp Group, and Tea and Company. If you'd like to learn more about Critical Mass for Business, visit our website. You can learn about our CEO peer groups, the other work that we do with our clients, criticalmass4forbusiness.com. In addition to having a great guest, we have a milestone. Yes, we do, ladies and gentlemen. As many of you know, we started airing these shows here on octalkradio.net, and we've been on the air since March of 2009. And Matthew is our 1100th guest. 1,100 interviews we've done on Critical Mass. Matthew, welcome to the program. Well, thank you. What a privilege to be your 1,100th guest. It is. It's a memorable moment. Uh, If I had the gong, I'd have our engineer, Paul Roberts, play the gong so that we can celebrate this momentous moment. Let's get to you, my friend. Can you tell me about how you got involved in healthcare and the healthcare cost area? Yeah, it's a little happenstance. I mean, it's uh, after graduating from college, a buddy and I saw an ad that said, uh, work part-time, make lots of money, sell insurance. <laughs> and we thought, well, that must be our calling. And that started a path and a okay. series of events that ended up at a uh, large national firm and working closely with large companies on their healthcare and healthcare spend. Is it true? Could you work just part-time and make a lot of money? Uh, I'm still working towards it. I keep I, that's, the, that's the promise I've been it's, chasing. It's out there, isn't it? It's, yeah. that, it's that silver ring or gold golden ring. But they, right. they got me in the pool. Okay. So it says, well, I know this because I met with you and I know you, you're founder and president. So, so take me back to how you started your firm. Sure. Well, after working for that large national firm, I, I saw that there was an opportunity to take many of those same practices down into the middle market. So for us, our customers are typically between 50 and 1,000 employees, and uh, it seemed 15 years ago with what was going on with technology and opportunities that that size employer would benefit just as much as the larger employers, and that was an opportunity for us to exploit. And we've been fortunate to be able to do that for these last 15 years. That's a that's a pretty big swing, isn't it? A 50-employee company can show up very differently than a 1,000-employee company, can't they? Yeah, no, I think there's a couple of different breakpoints in there. So once you go over 250, 300 employees, uh, typically the dynamics change uh, fairly dramatically in your decision-making process and your concerns. Um, but at the end of the day, the fundamentals of business apply to all businesses, and those right. concerns are pretty consistent throughout. So uh, we're talking with Matthew Hansen, and we're talking about his firm and his industry. So, you know, over the years, like I said, we've been on the air since 2009, and over the past few years, there has been a lot of uh, focus on how the healthcare system is changing based on federal government regulations, the Affordable Care Act, etc. One of the things that I've noticed is people in your profession have become very popular because of the knowledge that you possess to help your clients figure out 
what's changing and what's required and what's not required. Tell me, how has something like large regu- regulation affected your industry and you from, from the, the way you have to show up to be a trusted advisor for your clients? Yeah, I mean, it clearly is. We are in an industry that is in the midst of a significant transformation. And so we had to make a decision five years ago when the law passed, were we going to be leaders in that and help lead our customers through understanding how to deal with it successfully or put our head in the ground and hope that it went away like it had in the past. And we chose to invest heavily in our knowledge and our resources and our tools to help our customers and be good leaders for them, and that has served us exceptionally well. Um, We're also sitting in one of the most dynamic marketplaces in Orange County. We have some of the, the best innovations and thought leaders and thinkers impacting the healthcare world right here in our backyard between St. Joseph's Hogue Health's Alliance and numbers of others. Yeah, and, and I'm impressed that you took the expensive route, frankly. It, that did not come without an associated cost, right, in people's time and probably travel and the work that you had to do to become, a, to become knowledgeable in the early days and still today, the things like the Affordable Care Act, there, was a, there are a lot of moving parts and there's a lot of work that's fin- not finished yet. As far as advising your customers. That's absolutely true. I think I'm fortunate that it caught me at the right time in my career where I had the energy and the wherewithal and the desire to really develop something special and uh, have have an exceptional expertise to offer. And so, yes, not just myself, but our entire team threw ourselves into being the best that we could be and were energized by the fact that it was a minority of our peers that made that choice. Really? A minority? Yeah. Certainly. Yeah. Can I ask you why? Uh, well, I, I think um, our our industry, um, it's been a great cottage industry. It's been a great business that one person could run out of their house and make a good living at just by maintaining certain relationships. And so, as you pointed out, it took a lot of investment in time and energy to be relevant to our customers, investments right. in our infrastructure, investments in the knowledge and caliber of our people, investments in tech, uh, technology, as I said. Um, and uh, so that... Um, it just takes a lot of effort. It's a little bit of heavy lifting, and it it uh, was, you know, I think human nature just is by its nature. If it, things are good, right. I'd rather try and convince you that healthcare reform is going to go away, you know. Right. Replace and repeal right. has been the chant for five years. Yes. And uh, as much as I would have loved to have seen that five years ago, it isn't going to happen no matter how many people chant it. Right. Final question in this area, Matthew, and I'm talking with Matthew Hansen. Um, we're talking now about the healthcare industry and how it's been changed by federal regulation, and that can happen to any industry at any time, but this is certainly a very visible and high profile. In the early days, and maybe even still today, the people that I saw, the, the service providers who were taking the mantle of education also had to be able to deal with anger from their customer base like they were they were the don't don't get mad at the messenger i'm just trying to help you with the complexity of what's going on how did you i don't know did you experience that at all and how did you successfully navigate that yeah it's it's a thoughtful observation when you consider that healthcare costs have uh, been compounding for the last 10 years at nearly double digit rates and have become one of the largest expenses on an employer's P&L. oftentimes it's the third or fourth line item right yes no to show up for the 10th 11th year in a row and say Hey, your rates are up ten percent again. Um, a just doesn't doesn't fly. It doesn't fly for me as a business owner. So, giving them tools and resources and an understanding of what makes that rate up, what is the opportunities they have to impact that rate, so that they can make strategic business decisions to give themselves a competitive advantage in the marketplace by managing that cost more effectively 
more proactively than their peers. Managing the cost on one side, Matthew, but then on the other side, putting together a, a package of services or of offerings of benefits to your employees that is attractive as well. Right. And for the, for the, you know, people have 50,000 people, they maybe have a personal relationship with a good, good number of the employees that work for them as well. Yes. Yeah. No. And I think maybe what you're touching on is the communication side, which is so, so important. It's probably a place where I saw the biggest opportunity. Towers Perrin did a study and said you could have the best benefits, but if you communicate it poorly, (laughs) 25% of your people will value them. If you have terrible benefits, but you communicate it well, 75% of the people will value them. Oh, my gosh. And so a big part of our uh, value proposition is helping an employer who's spending this significant amount of money communicate it in an effective way, the way a Fortune 500 company would wow, that's to their a, employees. We're talking with Matthew Hansen. I didn't even think about that, but you're right. Now that you explained it that way, I'm thinking about how many times do employers lean on their service provider to help explain to their employee population what it is they've decided is in their best interest. Yes. So you have a heck of a responsibility to translate what the decisions were made by the owners or CEO of the company to the to the rank and file employees as it's well. It's probably our biggest responsibility to represent them well and build the affinity their employees have for them. Wow. This is fantastic. All right. Well, 10 minutes have gone by, so we're going to have to take our quick break. Don't you go anywhere, ladies and gentlemen. If you're listening live, you don't want to miss the rest of our 1,100, 1,100 interviews with Matthew Hansen after these words from our commercial sponsors. Richard Franzi is the author of two popular business books for CEOs. His first book, Critical Mass, The Ten Explosive Powers of CEO Peer Groups, was the first book ever written on the secret value of CEO peer groups. His second book, now with newly updated information, is Critical Mass, The Power of CEO Guiding Principles. Richard's books contain powerful information to help CEOs running middle market companies gain valuable insight to improve their decision-making skills. Richard's books are available as paperbacks or Kindle versions from Amazon.com. To find them, type Richard Franzi in the search box. Hey, did you know that over 73% of consumer packaged goods and retail products fail miserably within their first year? Why? Because they find themselves in the pit of unawareness. You don't want to go there. Call me, and I'll make sure that your packaging gets noticed. You know how I know? Because I'm the founder and creative director of MBN Design. We're one of Orange County's most established and trusted design firms. With over 20 years of experience, I can ensure that your brand will always stay new. Ask me how our packaging sold millions in months, or see for yourself other success stories on our website at www.mbndesign.com. We're MBN because we're making brands new. Call 714-458-8701 and talk to me, Hector Garcia. That's my cell, 714-458-8701. I'll be waiting for your call. Many of you know that I'm a member of Center Club, and I've been there for over six years in Costa Mesa, California. I hold my monthly CEO peer group meetings there, my annual executive conferences, and my daily business meetings at the club. I found their staff to be both professional and courteous. My guests enjoy meeting at Center Club with its newly remodeled meeting rooms, dining rooms, and common areas. You know, if you're looking for a place to conduct meetings, host events, or meet some of Orange County's most successful business leaders, then consider joining Center Club in Costa Mesa. For more information regarding club membership and private events, 
Maybe you have a wedding coming in the future, possibly a big birthday party or some type of other event. It's a wonderful venue for that. Please visit the club's website at center-club.com. Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. This is a milestone. Yes, it is, ladies and gentlemen. It is our 1,100th interview that we've conducted here live on octalkradio.net. Our special guest today is Matthew Hansen. His company is a successful firm. He is the founder and president of Centennial. And he's also, company has recently been selected as an elite group, the Inc. 5000, uh, one of the Inc. 5000 firms in the country. So, Tell me a little bit about what that means to you as the founder and president of your firm to be in that classification. Yeah, I think, you know, we, uh, we all grow up with the Inc. 500 and the Inc. 5000. And uh, if you're in business and uh, playing that game and that measuring stick, that's one of those places you'd like to see your company sometime, sometime arrive at. And so it was great to find out that we were well within the zone of qualifying for that. And I think it just affirmed for the team uh, that we're we're doing something special in the marketplace. So, how did you take that milestone and translate it into a cultural event at your firm? Yes, uh, you know, it um, in in fairly subtle ways. Our our culture isn't uh, significantly built on on boasting or okay, uh, but we wanted to affirm that we were doing better than most in our marketplace, and certainly better than most of our peers. And so I think just this, letting the subtlety of the message settle in with our employees to feel confident that they're working at a great place that not only is going to be around for a while, uh, but outside entities are ratifying that we're doing a good job. Right. Do you think now that you're on the list, is it something that you will, again, be considered considering in the next year as well? Uh, I think so. I think it's the wrong thing to focus on, though, quite right. honestly. I mean, if we, if we focus on taking care what got us on the list was focus on taking care of our customers, taking care of our employees, and serving our community. If we continue to do those things, I think the marketplace will reward us, and things, whether it's the Orange County Business Journal or the Inc. 5000, will continue to show up on those lists, but that's really not our objective. Wow, that's a really... Okay, teachable moment, ladies and gentlemen. I I think Matthew, thank you for saying that because I think you can you can fall in love with those kind of external recognitions, and it can become it can cause you to do things inside the business that are not what you naturally do, right? Absolutely, and lots of people have fallen off that list and ceased to exist as a business uh, for that very reason. So right. I guess I, I concur. So that leads me to ask you, as the founder and president of your firm, a growing successful firm here in Orange County. What's a challenge that you and your executive team are facing? You know, what what is what is bringing what is this year bringing to you that you are working on and more important than maybe what the challenge is, what are you thinking about as a way to, you know, mitigate it or address it? Yeah, I think uh, as we've grown and the number of employees we've had has grown, we've had to be very intentional about defining our culture, so knowing oh. who we are what our value proposition is in the marketplace, and um, being clear, even in the interview process. I've come to the conclusion that if the clear I can be, uh, that that will both attract and repel certain candidates, right. and both are good, as long as we're clear and true to who we are. You know, I'm so glad you said that, Matthew, because many times in growing firms, they lose control of their culture by virtue of the HR department and who, we're, who they're hiring. 
if you're not interviewing for for fit, cultural fit, and you're a growing firm where you're bringing people in, you can find out one day, wow, we brought in a lot of people who, who weren't of the cultural fit that we had previous to this growth spurt or something. Yeah, so, so we're, we're looking for people that have the, you know, character, competency, and cultural fit. Those are, that's kind of the three things in the grid. Character, competency, and cultural fit. Yes. And, okay. And an early mentor um, told me that carrying the culture was one of my primary responsibilities right. as the president of the organization. And so do I took do you use stories to in, inform the employees of culture? Absolutely. I mean, stories, um, anytime we have... Uh, positive affirmations from our customers to an individual employee. We'll share that uh, across the organization, um, talking about our history, the successes that we've had. Um, anytime we've had an impact on an employee of one of our employers that is significant, where we've been able to intersect with them at a very pivotal time in their life and make a difference and be relevant, we want to continue to tell those stories because I think that inspires all of us to look for more of those moments. It's interesting that we're having this conversation on culture because I think if the CEO, president, founder, whatever the C-suite's, the, the boss's title is, if, if he or she isn't focused a part of their time on culture, then they're going to get a culture, but it may not be the culture that they had expected. And so to be, you have to be, I think your word was intentional, you you really have to. And, and you said earlier in the interview process, it attracts but both repels Yes. Can you can you tell me a little bit about the repelling part? Yeah, no, I think um, if you're clear, like we, we talk about being uh, a young, ambitious, performance-oriented group. Not everybody wants to go to work in exactly. a young, ambitious, performance-oriented place. And if you don't, our place would not be very comfortable. Um, we also have a, a value around generosity. Um, and so that's one that's a little softer and more teachable. But certainly those first three, some people get in and they go, wow, this is this is clearly not who I am. And so I'm going to opt out. Mm-hmm. And that's OK. Right. Because in my experience, and I'm talking with Matthew Hansen, um, the employee may know before you do that they're not a good fit in your company. Yes. And then it's a but they may have gone through the decision, well, I've only been here for 90 days or 30 days. I'm not going to go look for another job. What do I do, right? So if that's ever happened to you where you've seen, you know, an employee gets through the filter and, and they're there, but it's relatively early, is there any way that – what would you what would you advise other CEOs running businesses if they if they have someone into their company that maybe isn't the cultural fit? How do you, how do you deal with that successfully? Well, I'm a firm believer that we want everybody who's there at Centennial to want to be there and to be becoming the best Rick or Matt that they can be. And if this isn't the spot, that that's okay. We want to help them find that spot. And so we'll have honest conversations with people. We'll, they'll know if they're not measuring up either from a performance standpoint or they don't fit. It, it won't be a surprise to them. Um, and we will we'll genuinely help them find that next place. You know, that is really a mature way to approach it. Right. Thank you. It, it, it is, but, I mean, uh, we're all human beings. We all deserve dignity. Right. Um, and and um, far be it for me to want to be in a position to try and hold somebody because it's to my benefit. Life's too short. Right. And uh, we're at work too much uh, not to be in a place that really fits well. Great. All right. Well, uh, we have a few minutes left here on the radio show, and, and I can't let you get out of the Critical Mass radio show, especially the 1100th interview that we've done on this show over the years, without asking you, our guiding principle question. As you know, uh, we have a book series of 
answers from guests about their guiding principle. So I'll ask, I'll sit, I'll do the run up to it. Of all, Matthew, for all the things that you've learned in business and you've applied, do you have an overarching philosophy or maybe it's a belief system that you use to gu- help you lead and guide your firm? Yeah, I think the, the phrase you would hear spoken over and over and any of my employees could probably repeat is help enough other people get what they want you will get what you want. If we serve other people and take care of their concerns, we will always be relevant. If we show up on time, tell the truth, aren't attached to the outcome, they'll always be for a place for us in the marketplace. Is that a philosophy that was born out of the culture, or is that a philosophy that you brought to the company and you, it helped to create the culture? Do you know what I mean? Is that is that a lesson that you had to learn over time, or is that a spirit that you had from the early days? Yeah, I think that's just part of in me. When I went to start a business, I knew that um, I wanted it to be bigger than about me or about myself. I wanted to actually make an impact in the world that was positive, Hmm. um, even beyond just selling insurance or consulting to our customers. I wanted, you know, to to be a positive ripple in the pond. And so I want to be around people like that. And so part of that storytelling and that messaging that you talked about earlier is, is communicating that to folks. And at the end of the day, um, I believe that's what the customer really wants, somebody that will show up on time, tell the truth, not be attached to the outcome, and help them solve their problems. That's going to be the most valuable consultant and advisor in their world. And if we've got good education and good knowledge to give on top of that, it'll work for everybody. It is amazing to me um, when I ask guests the, uh, the guiding principle question that um, – the industry that you're that could be applied to so many other it's any industry any industry right yeah it's agnostic yeah all right well thank you for being comfortable and sharing that with us that was a, a very powerful moment for me here on critical mass radio show two more questions uh, what's the future hold for you and the firm yeah great great question we're going to continue to grow um, our goal is to be the dominant regional firm here in orange county as i mentioned this is a great pond uh, to be doing business in our industry is in a radical transformation it is and we will continue to be thought leaders and action leaders in the marketplace uh, for the foreseeable future you know we're gonna i'm gonna off camera or off mic i'm gonna talk to you because i'd, I'd love to get you back on the show and talk about how outside influences like government regulation can destabilize and change the basic properties of an industry because that's really what i think happened in yours absolutely you can't do business the way you did it eight years ago right not even close six years ago totally different right but yet to your point maybe some have tried or thought they could yes and so i would i would love to get a conversation with you about because i think others could learn from that because it's happening it's it, it can happen in any industry Absolutely. All right. So we're going to have you back. I would be. I would welcome it. Okay. Thank you. All right. But before I let you leave, last question, Matthew. How does someone find you online? Um, Centennial is www.thecentennial.com. C-E-N-T-E-N-N-I-A-L.com. We're easy to find, and uh, we're grateful for the opportunity that you gave us to be with you today. Thank you, Brad. Oh, you're welcome. I, I've been looking forward to this interview since I first met you. And, you know, one of the things that I noticed is that you carry the message of education to your site. So I, if people want to learn, and people that listen to the show tend to be lifelong learners, there's good information and content available for them about what you do on your website. It's not just a brochure kind of Abs- thing, right? Absolutely. So no, you've made an investment and a commitment to the website. It should tell our story just like we would with a new hire employee. It should tell our story, and people will either 
find they're attracted or repelled, and either one's good. All right. Well, you hit the center of the bullseye. I was hoping that I knew we were going to have a great interview because I know you, and this is a big interview for me being a milestone event. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a very short commercial break. And when we come back, Kevin McCourty will be our guest. We're going to be talking about his book, The Innovator's Playbook. If you are an Orange County business executive, this message is for you. Do you ever feel isolated with no place to turn for advice or feedback? Who holds you accountable to your commitments in your company? Where do you find the right resources to help you and your company grow? If you have these questions, then Critical Mass for Business might be the answer for you. Critical Mass for Business is committed to helping you make better decisions. These are groups of peers running businesses just like you, providing a great sound board to test ideas and concepts, review plan and goals, and present issues and opportunities for discussion. The result is improved strategy, accountability, people, and execution skills. If you are interested in learning more, go to www.criticalmassforbusiness.com and learn more about our executive peer group. When it comes to pioneers in their respective industries, we all know the Apples, Starbucks, and Trader Joe's of the world. In the realm of recruiting, Decision Toolbox is the industry's best-kept secret. With 90% of their business from referrals and repeat customers, for over 20 years, Decision Toolbox's U.S.-based team of recruiters, sourcers, professional writers, quality personnel, and tech support has perfected a Six Sigma approach to talent management. No matter the size of the project, Decision Toolbox delivers incredible results. A cost per hire less than half of what contingency firms charge. With the winning candidate presented in an average of 14 days. All with a 12-month candidate warranty. With results like that, Decision Toolbox won't be a secret for long. Visit us at www.dtoolbox.com for more information. Successfully navigating the changing world of public relations and digital marketing requires an experienced, tenacious, yet gracious team. In business for more than 20 years, Orange County-based and Company delivers big agency results with personalized service. For more information, call us at 714-536-8407 or visit us online at tandco.me. Do you want a free analysis of your inbound marketing? Do you want it in 30 seconds or less? Then check out Marketing Grader, the free marketing tool from HubSpot. It's simple. Just go to marketinggrader.com, enter the URL that you want to analyze, and Marketing Grader will instantly give you a detailed report grading your lead generation, mobile marketing, social media, competitive benchmarking, and more. It's simple, it's powerful, and it's free marketinggrader.com You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host Richard Franzi 